0: I like to move and movie, I like to move and move I like to move and move you like
1: the movie, I like to move and move I like to move and move, I like to move and move you like the movie.
0: bone tomahawk ladies and gentlemen and welcome to i like to movie movie my name is dan scully my name is garrett smith and we are coming at you with a very very special episode yes. um you guys are probably aware if you listen to us that the wonderful magazine fangoria which uh, chronicles horror and cult films has been around for coming up on 40 years, 40 years. Uh, we have the editor-in-chief phil nobile jr uh, to talk about what the future of Fangoria holds and also to tell you how you can get in on all of the Fangoria love. So uh, stay tuned for that. After the interview, we will be uh, pitching some horror sequels to yes. one another. So uh, definitely stick around for that, for that as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll t- we'll, actually, we'll just
0: start right now and turn it over to our interview with uh,
2: Fangoria Editor-in-Chief Phil Nobile, Jr.
0: Nobile. Nobile. No be- we just learned how to pronounce his yeah. name today. Uh, so, we're just you know, to- we're going to fuck it up.
2: We're tossing it back and forth, yeah. trying to, you know, come up with the best pronunciation. We need to have
0: come to a consensus of the yeah. right way to say someone else's name that already has a right way to say it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, give it up for Phil. Before we start recording, is there a specific way that you would like to be credited? Do, do you want it to be Phil Noble, Phil Nober Jr.? Uh, Last
3: name is Nobile.
0: Nobile, Mobile. oh, I. wow, yeah. okay, Nobile. There you go. Learn something Football. new every day. And then I guess the title that we'll be using is Editor-in-Chief of Fangoria. Right. Are you going to tell me it's Fangoria? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I, did I, did a, I did a poll yesterday, and then, and uh, it was pretty evenly split between people who say Fangoria and Fangoria.
2: Oh. I saw that, and I was very curious how that turned out, so it was kind of right down the middle?
3: Uh, it was like, it was 60% Fangoria,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and 30% Fangoria, I think.
0: And Somewhere you, around there. Where do you land on that?
3: I think just because of the Jersey accent, I'd go Fangoria.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I've always that's said it. That's how I've always said it. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. So we are now, this year is the rebirth of Fangoria. And, uh, yep, I say Fangoria. Yep, yep. <laughs> this year is the rebirth of Fangoria, and, uh, what makes this so special is... Is that it is coming out solely in print, and I wonder if you can talk about the decision to uh, to do that.
3: Um, okay, sure. the The internet is um, terrible. Hey, no, agreed. not
1: terrible. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I think we. <clears throat> for us, it was a matter of how do we recreate what Fangoria was in the in eighties when we read it, or in the nineties when when the next generation read it, and you know. Literally speaking, you can't recreate it, but we can kind of, you know, look at what made it special back then. What made it special was it was something you had to go find and you had to hunt it down and spend some time with it, obtaining it, spend some time reading it. Uh, there was no other version. There was no com- you know, no competition, I guess I would say. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's not to disparage the super awesome magazines that are happening out right now. But the one thing we can do differently is, uh, gosh, make it make it singular in that it's not going to have an online component yeah. for us. We've decided that what's working really well at first at the moment is, is that we've got a great online community that we're interacting with and that we're listening to via social media channels. And those channels are very active, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but we don't really need to have articles on a website when we want people to go buy a magazine. So you know, there's there's plenty of websites, there's, and I used to work for one of them. Uh, there's plenty of websites doing great writing and great uh, content that there doesn't need to be another one. So it's just a matter of making a conscious conscious decision to become something different and to become maybe the spiritual successor of that coveted thing that that I chased down in the 80s. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's the same way that, uh, that, like, Vinyl has made a comeback. And yeah. the, the value is that it just is tangible. And I know I miss going to the store and just, like... You know, with Fangoria, it was always the cover would pop. It would be some gruesome, you know, picture from a movie I was excited about, and lo and behold, I would have to go home with it, despite the fact that I could probably find that online. Um, yeah,
3: I, there was no online when I was buying it, but it was that same thing. It would call to me from the newsstands. I would see, you know, eighty celebrities all over the newsstands, and then this gory image uh, st- stuck stuck in the corner there, and I would have to have it.
0: Mm, yep. And so Fangoria has been. I mean. I want to say it's close to thirty forty years that it that it has existed in some form, and next year next year will be a fortieth anniversary fortieth anniversary wow. oh, how special to bring it back and and I'm yeah. excited i I did just subscribe I'm pretty <laughs> jacked up over it um, nice but the over these decades it's kind of taken a different flavor, and there's a few different generations of consumers that have consumed fangoria. And I, I wonder what uh, what work has been done to kind of cater to all of those different tastes? Has <laughs> that been considered?
3: No, um, we, we're going after 1987. Everyone else can go screw.
0: Fucking a. That's, no, <laughs> that's no, perfect no. for me. Um,
3: no, I'm lying. Um, <laughs> that's that's something that I really actually had to get my head around because I think you know, I, as a kid who read it in the 80s and then kind of you know stopped maybe picking it up in the 90s, mm-hmm. but would see it again. I I don't I don't think I had. A full picture of the different cultures that had kind of uh, embraced Fangoria over the decade, and there and there's, yeah, you know, I don't think there's like specific hard lines between them, but there's certainly eras and different uh, different regimes and whatnot. And I think that all of them were serving their their era pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I I think that uh, the the important thing to recognize there is that <clears throat> it's so so now it's our era, and now so what do we do? Uh, To kind of honor those previous versions, but also not give you some kind of, uh, you know, pastiche of, you know, just some sticky, retro, gimmicky thing. We have to kind of honor the past and also recognize that that past version that we're in love with was never about being self-reflective and and being, uh, you know, just nostalgic. It was always looking forward and it was always teasing you something new. So, that's really the spirit of Fangoria. But, uh, that's consistent across
2: the eras, I think. That's a really interesting way to put it, too, that it, it was always looking forward, so why should we peddle in nostalgia with it? E- even if that is maybe um, one of the things that might go into motivating putting something like Fangoria back out is there's certainly a hunger for it from people our age, for sure, uh, you know, <laughs> 1987 kids, uh, but like the idea that it it, it it has always been looking forward, so we can't, that can't be the only reason we're doing this. It needs to also look forward to be its own legitimate uh, uh, piece. I, I, I That's like, true. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, the the I like other, the other,
3: the other part of that equation is that I mean, of course, uh, we do have to sort of acknowledge the classics and do have to sort of look back. But there's 40 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think, gosh, I you know, in in the in the time that I've been buying it or even seeing it on the newsstands, how how many times has Halloween been covered? How many times has Gone to the Dead been covered? How many times has Exorcist been covered? So we can't, we're not going to say no to no to covering those things, but we at least have to recognize how covered to death they are, and what do we have to say that's different or new or interesting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and is there a thought, I mean, maybe not, is there a thought to, uh, and I don't even know if you guys technically have access to be able to do this or not, but, like, um, maybe, like, republish something, uh, you know, like a classic article that has maybe been lost or forgotten to time, like some sort of retro column or something?
3: Yeah, we are, we are, um, we do have the whole of the archives, we do have all, every issue, and we, um, you know, we're experimenting with different ways to sort of bring that stuff back. I don't think it'd be particularly fair to ask people to pay for a new magazine and then stuff and pad it out with reprints, so that's probably not going to happen um, but we have this URL that I just told you we're not doing anything with so what, what do we do with that and what do we do with that in a year do we do we maybe turn that into a museum where we can feature oh. like where we can invite you to spend time with uh, an old issue that's maybe annotated with the new editor's notes or or a guest uh, person sort of chiming in on that on that
1: content oh, I like or that do idea.
3: we yeah, or is there a nice omnibus version of this in hardcover in the future that we can sort of uh, offer you to put on your bookshelves? Of you know, here's here's a, here's the nineteen eighty three Fangoria every issue in a hardbound thing. Those are different things we're
0: exploring. That's a very cool idea. Phil. I'd purchase it. Yeah. You can sign me up for one of those. Yeah. if I would. I would too. Um, I actually. Um, yeah. I- oh no. Go ahead.
3: Oh, no, no, I'm just just sharing the love. Oh, yeah.
0: I was at a a film festival recently and I won a raffle, and the prize that I won was an old Fangoria issue. And they were giving away all of this great stuff, but I still think I got the best prize. It was like the new Nightmare issue, and it was just great to hold it in my hand. And uh, I think it was in that moment that I knew if it ever came back, I would subscribe. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great.
3: Uh, Yeah, and as you said, holding it in your hands is a big deal. There's that whole. That vinyl, that vinyl craze. My buddy's got two teenage girls who are crazy about buying LP records, and I don't even think they have a record player. <laughs> there's just there's like this new analog thing happening. I don't know if you saw um, Trent Reznor's uh, ticket sales just announced. Yes, for Nine Inch Nails, you have to go stand in line and talk to a person. I I, I love it. I love that this analog thing is coming back, yep. and that we're uh, on the crest of it. I think, and uh, uh, and it's a good it's a good property to sort of. Uh, capitalize on that that wave. I think it
2: makes sense. It totally does. I mean, I as a kid, I grew up buying like a, I don't know if you remember Star Wars Insider was like a Star, yeah. star Wars magazine. Uh, did you have Starlog? Yeah, Ever I did Starlog? not have Starlog. Oh, yeah. I specifically had Star Wars Insider because I just I wanted. Dan and I were talking about this earlier today on our own. Like I was so hungry for prequel details. I knew they were coming out, and I just wanted any little morsel of information I could get on them. And, uh, yeah. there's something, but, it, you know, being able to be berated with that information by all the blogs I follow online is not the same thing as I had to like go to a magazine stand and find this thing and, and buy it and open it up at night at home and read through it to get that info. There's something <coughs> very special about that, I think. And it would be, I, I'm very interested to see if that's, uh, you know, if that is, be, if that's something that can be recaptured in people in an age where they're still inundated by, by what's happening online.
3: Well, it's an interesting uh, thought because you know what? What have we learned this year about how Facebook is sort of curating what you see for you, and you've got an algorithm creating your your informational feed, and yeah. you're, you're giving up more and more control. This is, I think, that this whole analog movement is in some ways a kind of a knee jerk reaction to that stuff, and 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 maybe recognizing that there's, you know, maybe maybe the Away from twenty, thirty years ago, of curating information for yourself is maybe a cleaner way to get that information than just sort of like hitting refresh on 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 your browser and just getting fed. Here's something from eighteen hours ago, and here's something from thirty seconds ago, and here and and are and some algorithm is deciding what you get to see. Yeah, and that's kind of strange. That, and you know, I'm I'm no algorithm. I'm just one dude. So <laughs> if you let me decide making. what you read, yeah, yeah,
2: that's a very interesting point. And like uh, Dan and I talk about this with film criticism all the time. It's like I often just, I read the critics and it's like, I I like what they have to say about movies. I like for them to tell me what they think about a movie. And I think it's a similar right. thing where it's like, no, I, I, I like what Phil is curating for this monster magazine. Like, that's what I want. That specifically, that voice.
0: Yeah, now I just got to do it right. <laughs> well, now, from there, I would actually like to talk about... Uh, when it comes to magazines like this, back in the day, if I wanted any amount of information of an upcoming horror or fantasy or cult film, I had to go to something like Fangoria. And the kind of stuff that I sought out, the little tidbits of information, are the kind of thing that nowadays we would refer to, and I would say inaccurately, as spoilers. And so yeah. I wonder, is that going to be addressed with something, with a new Fangoria, Um is there a way that you can work around spoiler phobes, but still deliver that you know chasing information that made seeking out a Fangoria issue so uh, delectable?
3: Well, that's a, that's a question we've been sort of throwing around. It's an interesting one because you know when I read uh, issue fifty seven about Texas Chainsaw Massacre two and the Fly, that, that magazine spoiled the shit out of those movies, and I didn't really think of it that way, and I certainly it didn't hamper my enjoyment of those movies. So. Do do we embrace that spirit and say, you know, remember when these pictures were in a magazine and didn't make the experience less for us? Remember when we weren't so afraid of spoiler photographs? Yeah. Do, we, do we embrace that spirit or do we dance around it? Now, with a magazine that promises you gory effects photos from films, I don't know how you do a gory effects uh, photo spread that isn't a little spoilery.
1: Right, yeah.
0: I guess nowadays so we've gotta, it's like before the the work went into seeking out those tidbits. Where now I find that if I don't want to be spoiled by something, the work comes in avoiding the tidbits because they find me. And yeah, uh, if we can somehow turn the culture back into seeking it out as opposed to dodging it, I, I think there's a middle ground to be found.
3: Yeah, well, I'm curious. Do you guys find that uh, <clears throat> the spoilerphobes amongst us? And I, you know, I I've been one. Are they more? driven toward blockbusters and mainstream fare and Marvel stuff? Or do you think the horror crowd is a particularly spoiler-phobic crowd? That's an interesting
2: question. I don't think so, really.
0: I don't think they are, because, yeah, the things that I'm spoiler-phobic about are, like, Star Wars, where it's like, I just want to go in blind. Yeah. But, like, if you're going to drop, you know, if you're going to drop, like, Joyride 2 on me... Then yeah, I'm just gonna uh, yeah show me what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I feel fine. like the
2: way uh, the horror nerd culture is is very much like you should see this movie because yeah, and yeah. then you explain the craziest thing that happens in that movie and you know or that's in true. some sort of loose terms to now get look at somebody a, hooked. Human centipede. The yeah. spoiler is the title. You're yeah, like, that's yeah. Uh, that's that's why you're there. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, th- you might be right that the actual the 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 culture that would that would stand a reason, would, would surround this magazine might not be as phobic of that stuff as, um, you know, like the internet would lead us to believe,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> oh, and you know, we had this conversation we on did. a previous episode about how we're kind of seeing a resurgence in the idea that horror should be respected. Yeah. And one of the things that is a that to me is a, a flag saying that that is true is that we are now more than a year post-Get Out. And I have mm-hmm. yet to see somebody be spoiler phobic about it because I have yet to see somebody willing to spoil it. Yeah. Yet the discussions mm-hmm. occur all the same and it seems that in the in the horror world there's almost a a silent respect towards that. Yeah. Um where where if you get what needs to be said and what doesn't need to be said, there's kind of an understanding of, of what you can say before the movie is, is seen.
3: Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, and yes, we, we are, you know, as a guy who's been around the horror crowd for, you know, since probably the early 80s, I think that we are experiencing a, a period where horror is, is being treated more respectfully than maybe it ever has.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, there couldn't be a better time to try and re-release Fangoria, in my opinion. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. The, uh, horror seems like it's hit the mainstream in a way that maybe it never really has before and has garnered respect right alongside of its rise into popularity. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting time for horror movies right now. So much so that we're now arguing about what actually is a horror movie. Oh, yeah. I think because some of us just want to maintain the cool cred of it being a thing that's outsider art in some way, you know?
0: And there's also just the idea where it's like, oh, if it's good, then it's actually just a thriller. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, I've I've had that argument. I've been I've been in the middle of it. Uh, to me, like the, the definition of horror is about tone and and yeah. the emotion it's meant to pull out of you. You know, a- Alien is a, it's a movie set in deep space, but emotionally that's a horror film. Agreed. And so I think I think if if the emotion you're going for uh, passes the sniff test for horror, then it's horror. Get out, get out. All respect to everyone who made it get out as a horror. Movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yep, one hundred percent. Um, now, yeah. with this new iteration of Fangoria being a quarterly sort of thing, can we expect more of like upcoming news stuff? Is there a way to time that? Or is this going to be more think pieces and and I don't want to say listicles, <coughs> but you know, like uh, more just like uh, timeless content as opposed to deadline-based content?
3: I hear you. Um, no, it's, it's probably going to be less news because, again, we have an internet now and, yeah. and there's so so many sites covering news. And I think in some ways that's, that's what kind of didn't help the previous version of Fangoria was that Mm -hmm. they were competing with an internet news cycle and even coming out 10 times a month or six or uh, 10 times a year or six times a year, uh, you just can't keep up with it. So a quarterly, that problem is compounded and to, to pretend to try to compete with it, would just spell doom. So it, it, it will be, you know, I think a balance of trying to time new releases that we were writing features about, you know, where we're, we're talking to studios. We're talking to, uh, who, and we're letting know our release schedule and trying to time content uh, with those releases. And you know, I'm not allowed to tell you what's in the magazine yet. But our oh, first sure one's in say. October. Our first is in October. You can probably figure it out. Oh um, uh, yeah, 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 I, I hear you. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting <laughs> And then, and then January, then April, and July will be our 40th anniversary issue. But there's, there's, um, so there's a balance between making sure there's something, you know worth talking about in there in terms of new content. Uh but at the same time we're not gonna be able to tell you here's what's coming out on Blu ray this month mm-hmm. or here's, you know, here's uh here's the terror teletype, at least not without reinventing it in a in a very profound way.
2: Yeah. Is, I mean, I feel like I'm asking maybe like weird behind the curtain stuff. I don't know, but like, is there, is there any way to do this or any thought to do this? Like try and, uh, I don't know, get some kind of in with a studio like Bloomhouse so that you can have some kind of exclusive content about an upcoming production or something.
3: Oh yeah, totally. And, and Bloomhouse, uh, there's a gentleman at Bloomhouse named Ryan Turek who used to write for Fangoria and he's That's been right. a huge a- advocate for us and we have a very friendly relationship with him. Um, the same goes for Shudder. The same yep. goes for, you know, studios have been very cool with us. And uh, it's just a matter of picking and choosing what we're going to devote some concentrated coverage on. Some some of those decisions are a lot easier to make than others. Sure. And, uh, <clears throat> and um, you know, we, we want to make sure there's there's exciting new stuff to talk about rather than just here's a retrospective on. You have no idea how many people are fishing the anniversary things.
1: It's, <laughs> hey,
3: it's, it's the 35th anniversary of this movie it's the 45th anniversary of this movie somebody pitched me a 38th anniversary the other day (laughs) and I was like bro come on
0: yeah yeah. Uh, wait two years
3: yeah we've got 100 pages in each quarter so we've got to we've got to be a little bit choosy about what's going on those 100 pages it's not 10 issues a year where we're just desperate to fill the pages it's it's you know, we we're we're in a luxurious position of being able to be kind of choosy about.
0: it. I was going to
2: say that sounds like a good problem to have. Actually, yeah, these I
0: absolutely think this is going to be more like to me. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. These this feels like it has an eye towards being a collectible.
3: Yeah, that's that's 100 correct. And and you know, when I was at Birth, Movies, Death, we did a print magazine a few times a year, that's and right. and that was that was very much um, on our minds as we moved into this endeavor because. It's we were not just a, we're not appealing to a news crowd or a Barnes and Noble newsstand crowd. We were appealing to a mail order collectible crowd, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was that was reflected in the artwork that we used in that magazine, and reflected in the exclusivity of the content. Um, and that's that's sort of mapping to what we're doing here. We're, we want to have exclusive content from writers that you maybe aren't used to seeing on magazine shelves. Uh, the printing process that we're using is going to be, you know, kind of next level. We're not, we're not, it's not going to be stapled in the middle. It's going to be a perfect bouncing with a spine.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, I love and, that.
3: Yeah. And it's a hundred pages. So it's a nice thick thing that'll sit on your shelf. Uh, height, height and width will match your old Fangoria's. <laughs> oh,
1: um, nice.
3: But, you know, on the shelf, you'll be able to tell it's something different.
0: That sounds... Like a gorgeous little thing that I just need to have on my shelf. Oh, it's gonna be yeah. so good. Yes. I still love the uh the birth movies, death, Stephen King edition. Oh oh, ah. Maron. That is some <laughs> that is some primo uh printing. I love that. Yeah. Now uh are there other things like are the extracurricular stuff like uh Fangoria films and the Chainsaw Awards, are those going to be maintained? <coughs>
3: Well, they'd have to be uh, rebuilt rather than maintained. So, so I yes, think there's yeah. nothing. Right. There's nothing at the moment. So it's all a matter of what do we have the bandwidth to get into this year? And um, I really would love to bring the chainsaw Awards back, even if it's just a ballot in the magazine, mm. and then we get votes. I, I know that Mike Ingold had turned it into a whole award show at a con, and, and you know that that stuff would be great. We're going to have to circle back and see, you know, whether we've got the the, the means and uh, again bandwidth to do that sort of thing. But I would love to have you know, you open the mag and there's a ballot for the Chainsaw Awards in there. That's definitely something that we're uh, thinking about doing. The, uh, the Fangoria Films thing, now, to to tell you a little bit, I don't know how much you know already about our publisher, but, so Fangoria's new publisher is a company called CineState. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> CineState is a film producer primarily, but they do, they publish books and now they're doing Fangoria and they've done audio dramas, they've got uh, a whole kind of multimedia empire happening in Dallas, Texas. And, so State has produced, um, well, the gentleman who owns State, his name is Dallas Sonia and he produced uh, Bone Tomahawk. Oh. They produced, yeah, they produced uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99. Yeah. Uh, and who- we've got a new film that's actually got a Fangoria banner in front of it called Puppet Master the Littlest Right. Oh my
2: oh, God, I'm nuts. so excited for that movie, Phil. I've been reading a lot about that, Woo. and I'm really hype about that.
0: Uh, Puppet Master is uh, still kicking. I love it.
3: Uh, it is, you know, even if you're not a, fan of the original franchise or whatnot if you're a fan of practical effects and just gore that just kind of goes to the edge of what's acceptable and then splashes over that edge <laughs> uh i mean i was not involved in the making of the film or anything like that i sat down and watched it with a festival crowd for the first time same as they did and it is it is one of the goriest things i've ever seen <laughs> Oh, sold!
2: <laughs> if, I mean, I, I know you didn't make it, but if it makes you feel any better about that, I have never seen a Puppet Master movie, oh, and I am bro. hyped for this movie just from reading about it and what I've heard about it. I'm I'm all in. I, I need to see it.
0: You need to get on it because yeah. not only are the Puppet Masters cool, but there's a Puppet Master prequel that has uh, Greg Sistero from The Room. Oh, I'm really wow. Ready. Yeah, it's not good, but I nice. mean, it's yeah. worth uh yeah. It's worth looking at. Yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah we. <clears throat>
2: Uh, I was just, I would just wanted to let you know that uh you're currently on a show that's going to start with Dan and I saying Bone Tomahawk because since seeing Bone Tomahawk it's become the official I like to movie movie greeting. We just start every show by Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. Bone Tomahawk. It's bone our tomahawk, call tomahawk. sign. Yeah. And uh,
3: you're and you're right you're right to do it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh <laughs> it's we just we love that movie. Uh so Yeah, I, I, man,
3: I I I was a huge fan of that movie and then to um to get a phone call from the guy who produced it, asking me if I wanted to run Fangoria, it was one of the weirdest days of my life.
2: That's oh, fucking that unreal, incredible. man. That's so cool. <laughs> that's,
0: yeah, that, that's actually an amazing. I didn't know that's how it happened. That is beautiful. That makes me love it even more.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, right on. Uh, so I think Phil, we, uh, one of the things that we're going to do tonight after we, uh, part ways with you here, uh, in, in just a few minutes is we're, Dan and I are going to, for the rest of the episode, pitch each other, uh, horror movie sequels, uh, just okay. sequels to horror, mo- you know, whatever, like a Friday the 13th sequel you'd want to see, whatever. Uh, is there any kind of like pitch for a horror sequel you've had in your back pocket your whole life that you've always wanted to see something you could throw at us to transition us over to, uh, the rest of our episode?
3: wait a sequel that's never
2: been made yeah just something and to anything but i'll throw an example
0: your way uh when i when i was much younger and i saw jason x in the theater at the very end of that movie jason's mask falls from space and lands in a lake and uh in my in my head i thought how great would it be if somebody scooped that out of the lake and then a dog smashed his face into it and now we have a murderous dog jason Jason Rex. Jason Rex. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I just came up with that now. Thank yeah. you, thank you. And, Jason um, Rex. Jason Rex. So like something like that. It doesn't have to be goofy. Um, we have some some literal ones here. Yeah. Not to put you on the spot. If you got nothing, that's fine. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, that's cool. I'll tell you two things that I would love to see. If you told me they were happening, I'd, I'd get really excited. Is a uh, a fourth reanimator with with Jeffrey Combs. I don't want to reboot. I don't want to remake or a recast. I want Combs back. Yeah. Reanimating properly
1: Um,
3: and then for all you know this is this is not the kindest moment I've ever had but for all the wrong reasons I would love to see a Friday the 13th sequel with a grown Tommy Jarvis who is played by Corey Feldman dude
0: there's no such thing as a wrong reason to be into that. No. That sounds awesome. I, yeah. I'm
2: pretty sure Dan and I have
0: actually had that conversation at some
2: point in the past that, like, one of the things that I love about the Friday the 13th series, but is so annoying to me, is it seems to squander every good sequel premise it has. Yeah. Every movie yeah. ends in a way that's like, oh, so the next one's going to be about this, and then it just never is. And I have... Owe- right. they, they do do that weird tarmy, Tommy trilogy, Jarvis, like, trilogy. Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis. Uh, Tommy Jarvis trilogy, like, in the middle of it. That is... Sort of loosely connected to each movie, and I've always wanted to see a proper like. Tommy was fucking ruined by what happened to him mm. in that first movie, and now we need to see him return as an adult. I'm all on board for that, and I think Feldman should return to that role to do it. Especially, you're not wrong. Right now, that would be its own interesting thing to see. I think. Oh,
0: absolutely. Oh,
3: that would be something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and if he could if he could reuse his uh, ability to do incredible stage makeup in an instant, <laughs> yeah. that would be a great gag to bring back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice well Phil we really appreciate your time here
2: man uh, is there anything you want to tell our listeners places to find the magazine subscribe find you on twitter yeah. that kind of stuff
3: two things um, so you can go to Fangoria.com and subscribe um, it's got all the information you need there to, to sign up for a one year issue there's there's no like deadline or anything you've got plenty of time but you want to head over there on payday and uh, subscribe to Fangoria for a, a one year subscription that would be awesome and uh, an offer that we made one of, like the first time Dallas and I sat down and he talked to me about this, this uh, endeavor, He'd, he said something that kind of blew my mind and, and he's been holding fast food. He's not wavered on it, but if, if you paid for a subscription under the previous owner and you got hosed, you're, you're welcome to get you're invited to get in touch on the website and tell us what happened and you'll get a free year subscription.
2: That's incredible! That's awesome. So basically, past Fangoria subscribers uh, have a way in.
3: Uh, past Fangoria subscribers who got
2: who got host, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, got it.
3: Yes, got yes. It. yes.
2: Um, that's really exciting. That's cool. Uh, and is there anywhere uh, you want people to look you up on the internet personally for your writing or anything, or, or just Fangoria?
3: Gosh, I haven't been writing lately. Um, just you can find me on Twitter at uh, Jr. and um, and I'm usually there.
2: Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Phil. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're both really looking forward to the magazine. We can't wait. Oh, yeah. Right on. Appreciate it. Bone
0: tomahawk to you, sir. Thank you so much. Right on. All right. That was our interview with
2: uh, Fangoria Editor-in-Chief Phil Nobile. Uh, Thanks again to Phil for uh, giving us so much of his time and Mm -hmm. being a goddamn delight. Uh, I am super hyped for Fangoria. I know you already have a subscription. Ho- I, yeah, I bought a yeah. subscription.
0: Horror fans are this. <laughs> have you ever been to like a heavy metal show and you look around, you are like, oh my god, these people are scary, <laughs> and then they're just the politest people you've yep. ever met in your entire life. Yep. Um, that that's that's how I feel about horror crowds. Yes. Is anytime that I talk to anybody about horror movies, it's it's. Uh, like, an excitement comes up that's just like, oh, you're one of us, too? Yeah. When the fact of the matter is, like, kind of everyone loves horror. It, yes, most you of know, us like do. like, yeah. Frankenstein I think is if one you're of a the first fan. big movies. Yeah. If you're, like,
2: a real movie fan, you tend to be a horror movie fan. That seems to be the case. Uh, not that if you weren't a horror fan, you weren't a real movie fan, but
0: it's, it seems like a lot of the well, we real... we talk about movie movies, yeah. and I think, I mean, this is how you ended up falling in yes. love with horrors, that they they are... They are the most movie movies, yeah, typically speaking, typically. Yep. because they have to be. Yep. Um, there is nothing... It's not legal to kill people on camera. <laughs> yeah. um, you don't do not do that. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to get yeah, into Yeah, Not even because it's not legal. Like, just don't do it. Yeah, also, yeah, it's yeah. also wrong. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, you can't do that. So in order to make that look real, in order to manufacture yes. fear in somebody who is quite literally watching a movie while in a safe location, yeah. you have to use all of the tools. Yep. Um, you need the music. Yep. Halloween is the best case oh, of that. Yeah. That music gives you chills. Yep. Um, you, you need everything about it. Yeah. Um, you know, Jump scares can be earned or shitty, but the reason that they work is that they make you feel unsafe when you're sitting at home on the couch where you're safer than anywhere else in the world. Yeah. So in order to do that, you have to use everything about a movie to do it. And that's not required of all other movies. Right. Yeah, they can make you sad. Yeah, they can make you laugh. They can do all that. But in order to make you feel fear, it has to use every tool that it has. Yeah. And so I think from that horror is is more beloved than anyone I don't say it's willing to admit, but that more beloved than anyone realizes. Yeah. Because it it is it's it's pure cinema. It but often it doesn't get be. the credit it deserves, mm-hmm. and, and that's a lot why, yeah. But it's changing now. It is. And people love horror now. It's yep. it's it's mainstreaming, yeah. but not at the expense of quality. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, and especially now too, like, I don't want to say horror movies are cheap to make, right. but horror movies are often, someone comes up with a concept and just builds it, lights out is a perfect example. Yep. Cheap ass movie, someone had a concept, a visual idea, they built a movie around it. Um, your mileage may vary on whether you like sure. it, but the fact that there are so many options for film exhibition means that every little horror idea has the chance to be produced and seen. So, yeah. It's a good time. It's a great time to be a horror movie fan. Uh,
2: and so, uh, one of the things that we had Phil do at the end there was pitch us some uh, horror movie sequels he'd like to see. I love that he brought up Reanimator. Uh, obviously, fans of the show know that Dan and I are huge Reanimator fans, especially Jeffrey Combs' performance. Uh, so I love that that was one of his nods. But that's what Dan and I are going to do for the rest of the episode here: is we are going to pitch each other horror movie sequels, sequels to horror movies we like that we'd like to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I have some that are more detailed than others Some that are more simple than others uh, Dan, I know you told me you have like a Just a, a big
0: old list of every idea You can think of I have one, two, three, four, five, six I have seven, but I, you guys already heard Jason Rex Yes, yes uh, And that one, I don't actually want to see that But I, I remember really like when idea, I though. first saw that movie That was my first thought Yeah, Because the mask lands, it hints at teenagers Going to pick the yep. mask out of the lake And they roll credits there And in my head, I just immediately thought of the movie The Mask, in which Milo, the dog who is definitely dead by now, um, put his face into the mask. It was just pure joy. And so it was that. But imagine a dog possessed by Jason. I love that. I was going to save this for last. Or a
2: baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, a baby. A baby. A baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Uh, I was going to save this for last, but it connects so perfectly to something Phil said and what you just said. So one of, and we talked about it a little bit with Phil. One of my favorite things about the Friday the Thirteenth series is there's all these great sequel opportunities that they just squander throughout. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ones is the end of Jason X, where Jason and uh, one of the teenagers basically turn into a comet together. Yes, and, <laughs> yeah. and essentially crash back into Crystal. I don't know that they actually show them crashing into Crystal Lake, but we it's see suggested that it is a Crystal exactly. Lake. Yeah. We see two place. teenagers on a lake, uh, watching this sort of shooting star that we know as mm. Jason. I always I like to think that technically what that ending is is because it takes place way in the future that somehow through this whole process they are flung back through the past only to land back in Crystal Lake in the 80s. Oh, thus starting
0: loops. the Friday the 13th cycle over I fucking again. Fucking love it. You know That could actually also explain like in the first movie yep. it was Jason's dead and his mom wants revenge. Yep. Then in the second movie they're like no he actually just hung out in the lake the whole time or something because but if you make it supernatural yep. it explains that. Because
2: if you remember the first movie ends with that great Tom Savini effect of a body mm. com- out of the lake to grab the girl and then the second movie kind of just implies that like
0: well that was jason yeah, and, yeah. And blah blah blah. here we go and and that was i mean in that it was a dream sequence yes. but apparently as i understand it that was also just something that savini was that's like what i heard we could do a tag that'll yep. be kind of fun yep and, they're like, and that's yeah, like what makes that movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh so i always
2: thought like that was a great kind of ending where it starts the friday the 13th cycle over again so my pitch for i think there should be a friday the 13th trilogy that takes all of the best things from the 10 movies that were made sort of like in the original continuity or whatever, uh, and just mixes them into a tight little trilogy. And I don't know that people would like it to start like this or not. I would if it literally started with the end of Jason X so mm-hmm. that we imply this is the beginning of the loop again.
0: And now sort of Dark Tower style, the loop is a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know? That'd be kind of cool if it lands. Like we show that again. The mask goes into the lake. Yep. It lands. And then, uh, the, you know, the the two teenagers watching it they're like, "Oh man, we should go check that out. Tomorrow is Friday, so I don't really have to <laughs> yeah. be up." Uh, you know, or like pan to a calendar, it's Thursday the 12th. Yeah. And,
2: uh? Exactly.
0: Well, and so here's my pitch for the trilogy, ready? So,
2: I think Tommy Jarvis is one of the most interesting characters in that whole series. Yeah, yep. t- Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Tar- Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, and I think you just have him be one of the main characters as a kid as he was, and I think part 4 is where he's introduced. I think you have him be a little kid. Uh, and the first movie is, you know, a typical Friday the 13th movie. And it has the same ending as four, which is basically Tommy being the surviving member of this crew. And he's a really young boy. Uh, all the teenagers that were there taking care of him were killed by Jason over the course of the movie. And Tommy is this terrified little boy. And I always like the idea like, the thing that I like so much about the ending of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that it seems like it's implying that this is now a cycle of terror that will continue. Mm-hmm. They have irrevocably destroyed that young woman. Mm-hmm. And I could see... And even then the sequel, actually, the ending of the sequel takes it a step further and has the surviving girl literally start to do the oh, leather yeah, the chainsaw face dance. chainsaw yeah. dance, you know? I always like the idea that it's like these are, are cycles of terror and trauma where if a character does survive, that's almost worse than dying because they 're just going to become the monster that they survived, you know it's have you seen the remake of the hills have eyes
0: i haven 't it 's the best of all the remakes, yeah, the tagline of it was you know the ones who die first are the lucky ones right, and what 's so cool about that movie is like there 's a couple characters that last longer, and throughout that movie they become much uh, more dangerous people as yeah. a result and there 's a scene, and I saw that movie in the theater a bunch of times because it's it 's fantastic. I heard it's great. Um, where one of the characters has an axe, and he picks it up because he's going to get some vengeance. And on the one side of the axe is like, you know, the well, it's like a hammer or something. It's like sure. a blunt side. And on the other side is a spike. Yep. And there's a great shot where he's holding it, and he flips it so yeah. that the spike is yeah. pointed. Yeah. Because it's, it's at a point in the movie, and this isn't spoilery, yeah. where it's like, he's going to go after these fuckers. But he's not just there to... To stop this horror yeah he's there to hurt them yeah yeah and when he flips that ass yeah the theater went crazy yeah. and it spoke to that idea where we all just went like no you've seen enough shit that you've earned like your trauma has earned you the right yeah to to be horror yeah yeah and it's, it's a great moment you know like in real life of course i don't advocate for that yeah, yeah. but in horror that's why we have it yeah it's such a grrr, it's yeah. So
2: good yeah well, so that's what I like, right? So you have your first Friday the 13th movie end with Tommy being traumatized by this whole thing, and you can see how traumatized it is, just like four. Then the second movie would be Tommy is older, just like in five or six, or whenever they bring mm. Tommy back. He's older now.
1: Five
0: should have had, instead of the stupid uh, EMT,
1: yeah, Jason yeah. should have been Tommy. Right,
0: but yeah. okay,
2: that's exactly, okay, right, oh, oh, okay. You're literally okay. <laughs> following me along perfectly. All right, all right, let's The best it. thing about Five is the whodunit. Mm-hmm. The problem is the way they answer the whodunit. Mm-hmm. There are so many better answers to that whodunit one of them being that it's Tommy. Mm-hmm. Tommy had, it really did traumatize him to the point that he becomes the maniac that tried to yeah, kill yeah. him, right? Which is how
0: he defeats him in the fourth one. He becomes
2: him and yes. puts on the makeup. It, yeah. exactly. So you have the fifth one be a whodunit mystery where Tommy's older, he's back at the camp with all these other teenagers. We think he's out for revenge, but it turns out he's the one that is at, he's the whodunit. The, the whole the whodunit turns out to be him. He's the answer. Mm-hmm. He's just behind the mask. But you also introduce... Reggie, I don't know if you remember Reggie, Reggie's the young, I think, uh, the young kid in Seven, maybe, Uh, and Reggie, they do a very similar thing with Reggie that they do with Tommy, which is Reggie is this young kid that's put through the the ringer with Jason, Mm -hmm. and is the only one that survives, and they do another ending where they imply that, like, oh, this is really going to fuck Reggie up. Mm -hmm. So, you have your first one, that's all about Tommy getting fucked up, your second one That is a whodunit where it's revealed that Tommy has actually become the monster. The reason Jason is not a supernatural figure, Jason is literally terror that gets passed down from victim to victim, right? And you have Reggie be the surviving member of the sequel... And then the third movie is just a literally like Jason versus Jason movie. Yes. It's, I love it. it Jason it's, versus Jason. Yeah. It, it's yeah. just Reggie was traumatized by it as well. And he becomes Jason in an attempt to fight Tommy, who is also
0: Jason. And you could tie in the stupid mythology of Jason goes to hell. Yeah. Where he can possess different bodies. I thought about this And suit. have the arbitrator of these two Jasons fighting be the actual Jason showing up in the form of a character who's been seemingly innocent the yes. entire movie. Yeah. And then the reveal is that that is also Jason. I
2: thought it might be a way to incorporate his mom back into it too oh yeah squandered opportunity in eight is that they do transfer him from body to body Mm -hmm. and there's a moment towards the end where they recall the original ending the original friday the 13th and when i was watching the movie i was like well this is a perfect moment where he transfers into the body of this young woman and now we're back to having like kind of like mom jason murderer that's it, awesome. you know that's the way uh, to do it so like that i think there's like a really good opportunity to take all the mythology from like the 10 movies and just put them in a blender and turn it into like a really exciting tight little trilogy about madness being passed down through victims that is
0: cool i, I kind of like that that's idea. super cool yeah did, did you uh excuse me burping up beer yeah the um the original ending for Freddy vs. Jason.
2: I still haven't seen that one, but okay. please tell me. I don't well, give no, a shit. Well, no, don't worry. The,
0: the ending of Freddy yeah. vs. Jason, it's one of those where they, like, non-committal who yes. wins, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, ah, yeah, well, I, well, I'm going to watch it, but I don't give a shit about it being I won't to say how. It, it literally ends on a wink and a nod. Okay. Um, but... Originally, oh, what was going to happen is they were going to be beating the hell out of each other, and they would fall into this lake. And we're going, oh God, who's going to win? And there's there's blood everywhere. And then suddenly, all the water drains out of the lake and turns to flames. And then Pinhead arrives, and he has a line that's like, "Boys, what seems to be the problem?" <laughs> Smash roll credits. So good, sold. That would be amazing, sold. But yeah. you know, but what's funny about that is that's the kind of thing that. We're almost doing now yeah. with things like Ready Player One, oh, yeah. with things that that require us to be like, "Yo, what a cool Easter egg!" Yeah. Uh, with uh, the Marvel movies, I mean, the Marvel movies. But the best example is Split. Oh yes. where Split at the very end, it was just like, "Guess what? It's yep. even it, it's not even the movie you thought it was. Yes, it's exactly. a different movie entirely. Suck a dick." Yep and that's going to start happening more but the fact that that the seeds of that were placed in Freddy and Jason is cuz the first time that has ever happened was the end of Jason goes to hell which is right. and, and it's actually kind of funny i remember i have the dvd of that actually when i was moving i snapped that dvd in half oh by no. accident it's the only one i don't have uh, uh, but i can find it for like a buck yeah, yeah. and a buck and a no prayer no one wants to own that movie no except one wants to, for I, you I, and me well i want to yeah. own it just to complete it but i, I don't like that movie really yeah, at all yeah me either i don't think it's very good but there's a fangoria review on the uh, DVD DVD thing that says, like, it's the craziest ending in horror movie history. And it's yeah. referring to, of course, yeah. Jason dies and then Freddy's glove grabs yeah. him. and you know.
2: Which, do you remember that that ending, I don't think this is what they're implying, but, like, the, the way that plays out where Jason is literally getting pulled into hell, kind of, mm. the reason that Freddy's hand has to come out and grab him is because, like, this spotlight comes down and starts pulling Jason back up. Out of hell, so I don't remember. And then Freddy's hand comes up to grab him, and I don't know what they're doing, but it's this. To me, it was like this weird implication that aliens arrive and start trying Uh, to abduct Jason before
0: he can get put in hell. So I would read it as like it's Jason is meant to never be dead, right? And so the forces that be. But I just don't remember that aspect. I just remember his mask going in. But I'm not saying it's not there. It's been years since I watched that shit. It's just so weird. It's very bizarre. Ready for the dorkiest piece of trivia I know? Yes. Kane Hodder played uh-huh. Jason from 7 through uh, X, yep. and in that scene, he also plays Freddy's glove. Oh, really? So not only does Jason play Jason, but yep. at one point, he played Freddy. He does Freddy. play Freddy. You know, that's, that's pretty wild. That is wild.
2: Uh, hit me with one of your pitches, because that was, that was my longest, most intricate pitch.
0: Okay. Mine are all pretty uh, pretty simple. Um Okay, this one's similar and it's kind of the goofy one, but I would love to see a sequel to Slither yes. that makes a promise on the post-credits sting. I don't remember the post-credits sting. The post-credits sting it. is Grant uh Michael Rooker. Yes. His I believe it's his head mm-hmm. is laying there dead and a cat comes up and licks it and then it hints at the idea that this cat has now taken on the parasite. the parasite. Yeah. So, you know, it's not necessarily saying that there'll be a cat monster, which I'm not against, nope. which is still a very I James Gunn thing to do. Yep. But the idea that it's just like, yeah, you stopped the infection, but you didn't go into full remission. It's coming back. Life uh, 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 finds finds a way. way. And um, I just, I love Slither so much. And that is, I don't want to say it's a forgotten about movie. I love that movie. But it's a really, really, really smart movie. Yes. And it's very, very funny. It's very, very gross. It's everything that I love about movies. And so I because of that, I don't want a sequel. Right. And I think part of the fun is that it has that post credit sting without a sequel in mind. It's just meant to be that moment where the bad guy's eyes open up like that. And I like that. But while we're pitching sequels, that's not a bad place to start, is from there. So the cat licks the remains of, of Michael Rooker and becomes cat slither. I okay. I'll give you. A real oh, I will say please? there's one line in Slither that I think is so well delivered. It's yeah. so good, and nobody has ever laughed at it when I'm with them. Yeah. Nathan Fillion is out on the he's porch the at a uh, at a party, and like the woman that is like they're kind of interested in each other because she's married to Micro Worker. Right. She comes out and she's like, "Oh, what's going on? What are you doing?" And he's like, ah, "I'm just trying to get a buzz, but it's all this muscle mass." <laughs> and it's a throwaway line and he delivers it in the way that only Nathan Fillion <laughs> can and it's brilliant cuz he's not like he's not a right. he's a beefy he's, guy yeah, yeah. but he he's not beefy enough to be making like i'm obviously shredded jokes <laughs> and he he just delivers it with with almost a tiredness yeah. that he's said this a hundred times yeah. and just hopes that one of these days a, a woman will be like, ooh. <laughs> it's, it's so good. That is so, so funny. So good. That's a perfect Philly in line too. It's that's perfect. just perfect. Like, yeah. Oh, I love he that. He just showed up in season two of a series of unfortunate events. Oh, really? And my God, it's just. Oh, that's so fun. That show is great. And yeah. he's great at it. Oh, I bet. Uh, okay.
2: So this is a very, along the lines of that. Super simple. But in light of it having just come out, oh, right on. and us, we seem to be maybe I could be wrong about this, but tell me if you think I'm right. Pushing in a direction where we're actually kind of turning the clock back a little bit on being able to show violence against children in movies. Absolutely. It seems like we're getting a little more of that. People are a little more willing to watch that, or at least we're willi- studios are willing to make movies where that happens. Mm-hmm. I think we should. Ha- now is the time for a Nightmare on Elm Street movie where uh, it's not about teenagers. It's about like young kids. About kids
0: have nightmares, and it
2: a that could be its own whole bag of fucked up, just yeah. in and of itself. B, think about the actual backstory of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah, where the whole thing is he's actually trying to get revenge on the parents, and
0: having the kids find that out about their parents would be horrifying. He's do- yeah. If he's
2: doing that to really young kids to have vengeance on the parents, I, like that is way more horrifying on the parents' side. I think it's way more horrifying on the kids' side for them to find that out about their parents. And I kind of like the idea that maybe you make a Nightmare on Elm Street movie where the finale focuses on the parents realizing what's happening to their kids and yeah, why, yeah. and having to try and save the day themselves. I'm into that. I really like that idea.
0: I'm super into that, especially because that first remake that they did was absolute dog shit. I didn't see it. Yeah. And, and, it's and not good. Jackie Earl Haley is great casting for that character, mm. but I, I've heard that it was like mostly squandered. Interesting piece of trivia about that. Jackie Earl Haley was auditioning for the original Nightmare on Elm Street movie oh, to play one of, one the, of the kids teens? in it, and the guy who drove him there was Johnny Depp. And they liked Johnny Depp so much that he got the role, and lo and behold, you know, twenty something years later, he gets to be Freddy. That's crazy. That's so the old uh, the old uh, McLovin story. Yes, right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah.
2: I I think that's a good opportunity. If we're if we're in this era now where we can show a little more violence against younger kids, I think that would be a cool
0: fucking movie. (sighs) There's see, I I don't want to, because it's not a spoiler. But it is a neat thing. Give for it to me. The last I, horror movie. Yeah, give it to me. Um, the last horror movie is a Fangoria film. Yep. And what's cool about the movie is it is a. It starts off as a slasher movie, and then the tape that you're watching has. And it's funny, I have it on DVD. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We should watch it. I would love and to watch the it. The tape gets taped over, uh-huh. and it reveals a guy who's like, You don't want to watch that horror movie. I'm going to make a real horror movie for you. So, you at home, you're going to follow me as I actually murder people. Yeah. And then the movie is a sort of found footagey thing where he's going around killing people and right. it starts to involve his cameraman yeah. who, you know, maybe wants to try killing somebody okay. and that kind okay. of stuff. All right. And by the end of the movie, it becomes apparent that every time someone rents this movie, he's watching and he kills them and adds them to the movie and returns the tape. Oh. So, if. If you were to rent this movie on tape, which you can't anymore, it's an effective thing to make you look over your shoulder. That's that's a really cool idea. I like that. So what if the sequel is not done in found footage format, and it's done in a classic format where someone has rented the movie and become savvy to what's happening early yeah, and is now in a classic slasher trying to avoid the fate of becoming oh, yeah. part of the quote-unquote last horror movie. It's really interesting. So the idea is that they don't want this to be their last yeah. horror movie because that's the whole joke, is this is the last horror movie you'll ever watch, yeah, and it's initially posited as... Because you won't need to see anything because I'm going to show you everything. And yeah. then it becomes, oh, because you're going to be dead after
2: Yeah, this. yeah. Great, great twist. that's kind of cool because that's like uh that's almost like a play on the premise of the ring but in yes. it in the format of a slasher movie as opposed to like a supernatural uh, mm-hmm. uh, story I like that
0: and it's a way to give it legs at a time now where like that gimmick can't be captured right I saw it in the theater yeah so that gimmick it's already it, yeah. it didn't work there yeah. I mean it worked because you're like, oh that's neat. Yes. I can't wait to rent this for people and yeah. then watch them watch it yeah but even then we were still past tapes yep yeah um so it just it just missed the boat but it is a really brilliant and that's great cool. study on why do you want to watch people get fucked up yeah um you know which is just every horror movie tries to you know every yep. meta horror movie tries to do that but to do a sequel in classic non-found footage format um sort of like they did with the uh wreck uh, three they abandoned the found footage midway oh, like, okay. through the movie yeah. and go to a classic thing and it works but to go to a classic one. It sort of renews the the punchline of the first one um, without, uh, you know, since it can't really be spoiled or ruined or even enjoyed in that way. Yeah. It kind of renews that concept and uses that as the basis for this movie. That's cool. I think that would be cool. Yeah, that's a really neat idea. Where I would see it going, though, yeah. is instead would be the guy in Defending Himself proves to be a really good killer. Oh. And then they decide, like, hey... Why don't we collaborate? Yeah, you know, like that would be kind of a fun thing to do. I, you, and then you built yourself a fucking franchise. I,
2: you literally, you as you were describing that movie, I was like, oh, interesting. So, uh, Creep actually owes something to yes. another movie. Oh, And absolutely. then as you pitched your sequel, I was like, yeah, okay, that's yep. like that. They did the logical conclusion to that. You know, without so spoiling good. anything for people, but it's, you know, that's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, oh th- I love both those Creep movies. Mm. Uh, in, in fact, uh, is his name Patrick Bryce that made those? I think that's his name. He, they just announced that I, I, I think Sharon Stone is going to be in his next movie. No which way. Sounds, which sounds like a really cool movie. I, I believe that's his name, I think. I think
0: it is. That sounds right. Um.
2: Yeah. I. I. I, I want to say maybe. Patrick Keith, Bryce. Yeah. I think Keith Calder is producing it. who I follow on Twitter because he produced the guest and a and a bunch of Wingard's movies. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um. So I, I saw that floating around the other day. I'm. I'm pretty hype about that. Nice. Um, okay. You want me to hit you with another one here? Yeah. Do it up. Ready for this? I got the title
0: and everything. Drag me back to hell, dude. My it's, number one is Drag Me to Hell Two. Justin Long has to prove he didn't kill Christine. Oh, all the while trying to avoid demons himself. I love it. Yeah, that's so good. I, my
2: premise was that um, uh, now this is going to sound a little weird because it, it, like this is one of those ones that was going to be my number one. <laughs> where maybe you have to do a backflip to get there. But what if somehow she has a daughter that literally inherits the curse? Uh, like she thinks, you know what I mean? Like she had to fight through it. and But it turns out that like somehow having the curse like that gets transferred to like your offspring somehow. Mm-hmm. I know you have to do some backflips there because of how that movie ultimately ends, mm-hmm. you know? Well, um, we
0: could work around that though. because yeah. Well, the way that I had it is instead of having it transferred to anybody else, because yeah. it all followed that coin. Yes, So oh, to anyone right. else on the platform of mm-hmm. the train... It, looks, it could be construed that maybe he pushed her right. in. So now he's getting investigated. Yeah. But while he's getting investigated, he's got possession of the coin. Yeah. So anyone who's hot on his tail, he can get it into their possession. Whoa. And then they are offed. So meanwhile he's outrunning a curse and making himself more and more suspicious yeah. while shutting off everybody who's coming after him. Yeah. But every time he does, he has to reinherit the curse and then pass it off to someone else. Yeah. And so it becomes one of those in over your head kind of things. Yeah. But it leads to the title where this guy who was clearly a very good guy and a very yeah. nice guy was willing to who was willing to he didn't believe her, but was like right. willing to placate the idea and all that. Is now literally being dragged to hell through his own sin. Yeah, I that's a it.
2: really good idea. That's yeah. a way better premise than I was working with. That's so funny that we both thought of that. As oh something yeah, that,
0: that was honestly that was the first thing that came to my yeah. head just because. That movie is just—it's
2: so good. That is, and a, that it's so—it's the strange. title writes itself. "Drag Me Back to Hell" is such mm-hmm. a great title. It's uh, like it demands to be made in some way. I don't care what the premise is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's so—it's so funny that we
0: both <laughs> both latch on to that. Well, um, I don't know. Do you want to give me another one of yours then, Seth? Yeah, let's do it. Um all right, I'll do this one, just because th- this one actually doesn't require any explanation. Yep. There can be a million movies in the trick-or-treat world. Yes, I thought all about you that. have to do is follow the little pumpkin head guy. I think yep. his name was Sam. Sam, um, yep. All you have to do is invoke him, and you can do any sort of Magnolia-style anthology totally. like they did, and just do it again and again. I, I That's have I always
2: wondered why they haven't. I guess maybe that movie didn't have make much of a splash box office-wise, mm. so that might be why. But. <laughs> the sequel will be called Smell My Feet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, I like that movie a lot, and that it's rife for a sequel. I mean, mm. it doesn't have to be connected to anything other than Sam. You know, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, uh, I don't know how much explanation this one will require necessarily. Uh, but one of the things that I'm still unfortunately in the middle of writing is my Splatter Matter series over uh, on Farsighted Blog. Still waiting for those.
1: Yeah, I got like three more enjoy those, those to do. Uh,
2: I, I'm going to do them. They're going to happen before the end of this
0: year. Uh, Honestly, it's good to dangle those because now you've just always got it. Yeah, like, yeah. Anytime you want to dip in and just be published, you yeah, got it. That's right.
2: <laughs> uh, so one of the movies that I watched uh, that Herschel Gordon Lewis made that was my favorite so far that I've seen is called Color Me Blood Red. And Color Me Blood Red is about an artist who is desperately trying to find just the right shade of red for this painting. And then he accidentally cuts his finger and realizes his blood is that exact shade that he's looking for. But he can't drain himself of blood to get enough paint to finish his painting. So he just fucking murders his girlfriend and drains her of all her blood and uses that to paint his painting. And then, of course, this down-on-his-luck artist has painted his masterpiece course, that makes him famous. Yeah. And so now he needs to just start murdering people all the time to have enough of that shade of red to keep making these paintings that keep making him money. I like the idea of doing a sequel to this movie where it's like a descendant of his like sees his whatever his grandfather's paintings yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever and discovers that, that somehow through like... So
0: basically Young Frankenstein.
2: Literally, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, like a Young Frankenstein version of Coloring Me Blood Red where he discovers his grandfather's secrets. I love and it. And then becomes obsessed with recreating the same thing. It
0: would be cool if he was already a great painter Yeah, and was at the point where everyone's like, he's just painting the same old shit. Yeah. So now he's at an identity crisis. Yes. He's having a Rocky yes. Three moment yes. where he realizes he's had a safe career. Yep. And so that's what draws him that's, into... That's perfect. Uh, I love that. I yeah. love it. Why it's, don't we just I, write a fucking movie? We really We're always should. on it's, the same I goddamn I page. <laughs> It's it should be easy. Yes.
2: Uh, give me another one of your premises. I, I think I got one more I want to throw at you, and then you know some. I, I
0: mean, I, I technically have like another two or three that we could just deeply, discuss. deeply underrated movie. Yes. That I feel like I am alone in, but I think it's brilliant. Jennifer's Body. I haven't seen that yet. I really want to. Well, I don't want to say too much, but Jennifer's Body two ends with one of the characters is uh, has sort of inherited these demonic superpowers, yep. and so. You really should watch it so I don't want to yes. I don't want to yeah, yeah, say yeah. anything about it but this character has a million and one reasons to now go use these powers. Okay, cool. And that's a movie I'd like to see. Would
2: it be like a road trip movie? Would it, it be, be like that
0: kind of thing? It certainly could be. Yeah. Um I forget the specifics of how it ended, but if we wanted to do a road trip movie, it could even be a quote unquote concert tour movie oh cool so to do a horror movie that follows a band on tour would that's be kind a of, really cool idea it'd be kind of fun but I don't want to say too yeah, much yeah, but yeah. Uh, that, uh, that movie also has one of my favorite fake band names in it oh, the, please. the band at the start of this is called Low Shoulder <laughs> It's perfect, and That's they're like so they're they're like an all American reject style band. That's you know? perfect, low shoulder. But yeah, I would That's so good. I, I liked that. It's Karen Kusama who did yep. the invitations. So it's very it's well directed. Written by Diablo Cody. Diablo right? Cody wrote yep. it, and starring and that was one um, of,
2: uh, what's her name uh, from Transformers movies? Yes, right? uh, no. Megan Fox. Yes. Yeah.
0: and uh, now I can't think of her name, and I'm going to sound so stupid when I oh. say she's the girl from Mamma Mia. <laughs> uh,
2: it's not Amber Heard. No, it's, she's um, got a great name too. Yeah, uh, God she damn deserves it, deserves to have her yes. name
0: said. So I'm gonna pull she it does up.
2: And I legitimately really like this actress too. I just, it's like right on the tip of my tongue.
0: Uh, it's a race. Here we go. Uh, uh, it is Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried, yes, yeah. yeah, yep. It's that's a cool. That was one movie that I was sick as a dog, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting at home like a complete wreck. And two of my buddies came over. They're like, "We're just gonna go see anything." So I think Jennifer's body's playing. You want to see it? And I'm like. Not really, but I need to get out of the house. Yeah. Whatever. And then all three of us that would end we were like, that was fucking like really good, right? <laughs> yeah. We're all okay, we're good. Yeah. It's really fucking good. I really good. want to see it. It's, it's very smart. Yeah. I mean, and you expect it too. That's you know, it's it is a, it is a horror movie about women made by women, yeah. which is just something that doesn't, doesn't happen enough. Well it doesn't it doesn't it never pops up into the mainstream yeah, so much. Right. And that yep. was a mainstream release, and it's just a good fucking movie. That's it's what very I heard. funny. And it's very dark. And I don't know. I, I think Megan Fox had the chance to be tremendous. I And too. she kind of, uh, I don't want to say she kind of squandered it, just whatever happened, a million different factors. She just kind of fell and, out of favor. Know,
2: well, and I think just the way the industry decided yeah, she timed to out.
0: treat her. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. She yeah. timed out and then she tried to fix it with plastic surgery, yeah. which is often the case. And it's like, the shame is like what drew me to her wasn't how she looked it was the fact that i i found her to be pretty compelling yeah they, uh, i think that she's good it's just they made her like an know. it
2: girl of the moment that was only in movies because exactly. she was hot and she was always more i always thought she was better than that she absolutely was, she was more than that um but that's what we do to the ladies i know and it's unfortunate we either
0: burn them out or we make a meryl streep
2: yeah it's uh it is truly unfortunate okay this is the thing i'm honestly most excited about to to pitch ready okay so I rewatched the original Friday the 13th just okay. the other night. I was
0: afraid you're going to have the same movie as me. I was like, "Get ready." No,
2: no. Okay. So, I just rewatched the original Friday the 13th, and I really think this would be a very cool legacy sequel to that movie, okay? okay? And I I I we could have we can have this conversation. I don't know if it takes place I don't know if it's a Halloween thing where like none of the other movies happened, we're just making this sequel, mm. or if all 10 of the other ones happened and we're still making the sequel. Not sure. But uh, okay, so I don't know if you remember exactly how Kevin Bacon's character dies. Yeah, he gets the arrow through, through his throat, right? Yeah. Uh, conceivably, don't remember how Kevin Bacon dies. Con- conceivably, he could have survived that. He's voiceless and is now a mute. Uh, and returns to Crystal Lake to get his revenge, but. In order to do that, knowing the very few things he knows about what happened that night, because he doesn't even see his killer. It literally is something that comes up from under the his bed, bed, right? Bed, yeah. uh, which is actually a benefit to our movie because we don't have to deal with the fact that it's no longer his mom and it's actually Jason now. Because yeah, yeah, he yeah. never saw it, right? Uh, all he really knows is a group of teenagers lured this crazy person to kill them, right? So he just goes to Crystal Lake and uses a bunch of teenagers as bait to try and draw Jason out. Making both him and Jason equally kind of villains of this movie. They're both using these kids to like. They both want to kill these kids to some extent, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Jason wants to kill the kids, yeah, yeah, and he wants Jason to kill the kids because that's how he's going to draw Jason out, yes, to yeah, be yeah. able to have his mano a And I love off. that it's Kevin Bacon. Yeah, exactly. It's like Kevin Bacon now. He's like just this old guy that like has had a horrible shit life since this happened. He's mute. I love the idea of giving Kevin Bacon a mute performance. Mm-hmm. I think he could really pull it off. Ready for this
0: though, cherry on top of that. Please. There's gotta be a scene where he can't talk. Yeah. So when he does, it goes heek <laughs> That would, be yeah, yeah. that would be amazing. It's got to be in there. It has Got to be in there.
2: <laughs> and I, you know, I don't know all the details that you would do from there, but I think that's like a really strong premise for like a, a Friday the Thirteenth legacy sequel. I wouldn't not watch it, right?
0: I would absolutely. And the fact that uh, you saw the Tremors show get yes, canned. Exactly. Apparently, there's one episode. Apparently, it's really and I heard good. heard it's great. And Kevin Bacon was on board. Yep. Why wouldn't he? Vincenzo do it? Natale directed it. I'm I pretty know. sure he did a uh, uh, Westworld two weeks ago. Oh, I heard. And yeah. I heard it was great. Uh, he I, I love in general, so. yeah he's good uh, you saw Splice right I did Splice is one of those movies that like I loved when I saw mm-hmm. it and then it just kind of like we moved on with, okay. our, with our days that's a movie I think about a lot yeah like okay everyone who's listened to our show has probably seen it yeah when it got to the point where he fucked the creature, cr- that blew my crazy. mind. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I probably would have fucked that creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's I love so Cube. Good. Cube is like my oh, shit. Cube is I awesome. I fucking love Cube. Mm. I got
2: to rewatch that, actually. It's been years since i it. We could I've do an episode it. on Cube. I would love to do People Cube. People love that movie. Cube is so cool. People love that movie. I, I read an interesting fact to it today that you know what, one of the best things about Cube is just it makes the most of its budget in like, mm-hmm. the, the best, craziest way. Apparently, the pitch for that movie was, let's make a movie where the entire movie is set in hell. Nice. It's amazing that they figured out a way to do that, because that, I mean... You could def- it's hell.
0: that could be a read on that movie. The reveal, like you know, when they were calculating with the numbers, yes, whether yes. they would be traps or not? And then the reveal is that, oh, that number thing matter didn't matter. You all. just got lucky. Yeah. That is one of the most deeply terrifying so moments fucked. I've ever had in a movie. Yeah, that's it's so, so good. Fucked. That's one of the last movies I ever watched on tape, too. Oh, interesting. Was, it was one that B and C video they used to do five for five. Yeah. And that's how I initially saw all of the Friday the thirteenth. Yep, that's how yep. I saw Cube was just grabbing them all.
2: When I started getting on my like very initial horror kick was right when Netflix was brand new. Not mm-hmm. even the instant, the discs. Yeah, yeah, And so suddenly it was like I had gone from a video store rental kid who like never really rented horror movies yeah, yeah. to wanting to rent horror movies, but video stores were basically gone. Mm-hmm. And now I had the biggest video store in the world oh, yeah. to rent everything I had ever heard about my entire life. I wish I could go back in time to the catch-up days. Yeah, it, so it was good. the best. <laughs> it was the best. I saw like... The thing and Cube and like like a bunch of Carpenter movies and a bunch of Peter. Ja- I saw all the old Peter Jackson oh, movies. Yes. I, you know, like I just like rented everything that like the internet was like. This is a weird two star movie. You should see. You oh,
0: know? Yeah. this is legendary. Yeah, it's yeah. not particularly good. Yeah. I actually almost had Brain Dead as one of the ones that I Ugh. pitched a sequel for. What would I, the sequel to that be? I, honestly, all I could come up with was just the same but more. Okay, which yeah. is what a lot of sequels are, yeah. but it's not. Like to me, that doesn't validate the need for a sequel. I, I would think like to that write movie, around that.
2: though, I would t- I, if I'd it was the same again. but more. Oh, yeah. I would be so on board.
0: I'm on board for more. I mean, yeah. I'm on board for whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll just decide yeah. not to like it if I don't. Because that movie is yeah, just wild it's fun. So good, you know. There's one shot in that movie that I want to find a gif of. Yeah, and it's one where a woman looks at the camera, and then a zombie punches through the back of her head, and oh, her yeah. arm comes out her mouth. But it's a really quick, just like quick cut to a dummy. Yeah. But then for the rest of the movie, that zombie has this woman Behead, dangling yeah. by her head and mouth off of his arm. So good. It's so good. It's so good. And but you know, it have, is what it have is. Have you ever seen Bad Taste? Uh, I own Bad Taste. Bad Taste rules. Bad Taste rules. That's why I want Peter Jackson to just do one of those. Me again. too, man. When Lord of the Rings first came out, it was around the time that Cabin Fever came out. Yeah, I remember and that. The big thing on Cabin Fever was that they got a pull quote from Peter Jackson that said, "This is what horror should be. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's funny. It's a blast. Yeah, this is horror." And we're like. That means a lot coming from someone who totally. when you watch Braindead or what is it? Dead Alive. Dead Alive. Yep. Uh, when you watch Dead Alive is is that that's what that's yes. what that is. Yep. And so that was like the stamp of approval. Yeah. And there was always these rumors that Peter Jackson, once he got done with with Middle Earth, was gonna just <laughs> which still hasn't which still hasn't <laughs> happened, was gonna crank out just like something real gnarly for fun. Yeah. And I want to see that I movie. want it to happen yeah, one me of these too. days, but I think now that people are just like hobbited out, it yeah, might although now he's gonna do the fucking That's show. what I'm saying, dude. He's still not done. I hope he He's just in. He's like trapped in the world. I but know. It's, uh, yeah. one of these days. I my I love
2: him bad. Batter taste. Yeah. I love when uh towards the end of that I think it's even the character that he plays has that chainsaw and dives. Through the body of the big <laughs> yeah. monster alien oh, yeah. and goes from head all the way down out vagina and goes, I've been reborn. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's the best. And the
0: fact that it's him and like this bald little creepy Donald Pleasance looking motherfucker, yeah. it's, yeah. So, it's good. so good. It's so good. Okay, so I exhausted
2: my like pitch pitches, but I do have like one or two I more have, things that I, I have, have. One, this please. is my
0: big pitch because I really put a lot of thought into this. I want to see Tucker and Dale versus Evil 2. Yes. But here's the premise. Okay. Because of what happened in Tucker and Dale vs. Evil 1, which is so good, their cabin becomes notorious for people to come visit as, like, oh, like when you go visit the Hotel from the Shining and things like that. And they're terrified that kids are going to show up and start, quote unquote, killing themselves again. Uh So they say, in order to protect ourselves, let's film it. (laughs) (laughs) So they have, and because they're a couple of hicks, all they have is a shitty old VHS camera. Uh So now we have Tucker and Dale vs. Evil in their own found footage format uh-huh. from their point of view uh-huh. where they're trying to cover their asses yes. but then as these things go That's... it snowballs into the same sort of thing again That's... but every time that they're trying to film it like yeah. oh no no we have footage of this yeah. it instead manifests on on screen as it just looks like an effective uh-huh, you know uh-huh. found footage horror movie yeah. so the whole the whole gag would just be that you know by the, I guess the final punchline would be at the end where they just like no officer that's not what happened. We have the tape and yeah. then they watch the tape and it's like you fuckers are murderers. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It just looks like that. So that I think is that would be legitimately a someone brilliant like, way to do Dexterous a sequel. Someone would have to write it, but yeah. I, the concept I think is so funny.
2: I that's like a legit good pitch that I f-
0: I feel like I would a buy. sequel Cuz yeah. they they did the whole uh you know Cabin in the Woods, Forest Slasher, and Haunted Hicks. They covered all of that. So why not do found footage? You can't make it supernatural because that would defeat the purpose of it. But to do found footage, you could make it look supernatural or make it look like another slasher where they're doing their best to not be bad, and it just keeps looking worse.
1: That's so good.
0: That
2: I mean, that like... All of that completely makes sense in the world of Tucker and Dale, too. That's like, that's so, that is and a great, such good that's characters legitimate great I'd pitch. like to watch them. Oh, just me too. Oh, Thing again. I, and I love the both one of those guy, hackers. Dale, was,
0: uh, or I forget
2: which one's yeah. Tucker. Uh, uh, was well, Tudick, I don't Tucker. remember either. Yeah. Two Dick might be
0: Tucker. Dale was one of remember. the Canadians yeah. in uh, uh, Super Troopers uh, 2. Uh,
2: uh, oh, his name was just on the t- Tyler Labine.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 And he's the great uh, uh, Steelers fan yes. in Zachary a Porno. Yes. Yeah. He's so good. Huck him, chuck him, football. Yeah. Yeah, he's so great. I love so him. Yeah, Tucker, Tucker and Dale versus more evil. Yeah, or so something like that. Two Kerr and two <laughs> Ale versus evil. I don't know. It would have to be something like that. That's pretty good. Uh, Tucker and Dale caught on tape. I don't, I don't fucking know. I
2: feel like this is a thing that's actually already... Hit. I'm just going to throw my last two. These are very simple. I think this I'm out, might so yeah. actually already be happening. I think there's a race with the Devil remake I think I heard about maybe being made. I love Race with the Devil. It's
0: a super fun card. I don't think I know that one. So, it's a I've heard of it, but I I don't know anything about it.
2: It stars Peter Fonda and somebody else. It's from the 70s. It's literally like these two like kind of Almost swinging couples—they're not. They don't necessarily imply that they're swingers, but these like—and yes, Peter Fonda. Yeah, it's Peter. and I, I can't remember who plays his, his best friend in it. Warren Oates. Yeah, Warren Oates. It's Peter Fonda and Warren Oates. Uh, they're each married or, or have girlfriends, uh, and they want to go on a road trip together. And either Oates or, or Fonda gets a brand new RV which in the 70s was like a big deal, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, we can literally live on the road. Let's do it. Let's just hit the open road. And so it's just about these two couples having a blast, hitting the road together. But they keep having these like weird encounters along the road. And then one night, they're like outside of the camper, maybe a little too late at night drinking, and just like on the other side of the river, like they vaguely maybe see a human
0: sacrifice. Oh,
2: fuck. And then the people that maybe are vaguely doing a human sacrifice see them watching them. No witnesses. And then the rest of the movie becomes literally devil worshippers chasing them down in cars. I would watch ten of those. It, it, I'd watch a series of them. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like such a fun, campy. Car chase slash devil worship movie, you know, Adding it to the list. Uh, and I, a, I think they're already remaking it, but B, you can make a hundred sequels to that. Oh, you know absolutely. what I mean? Uh, uh, just that vague premise is like so sequelable uh, that I love so much. And the other thing, this is the other thing I wanted to bring up. This is like not even a premise. I really do want Don Coscarelli to come back and make... This, Coscarelli. Coscarelli. <laughs> I always say his name wrong. Uh, Coscarelli to come back and make the sequels to John bu- Dies at the End.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say Bubba Hotep. I thought I, about oh, putting that on my list. would love a Bubba Hotep sequel. That would be great to have yeah. them just even more
2: senile yes, and insane. Yeah. But I, I would love to see him make the John Dies at the End sequels. Because I think there's now two sequel books. I haven't mm. read either of them yet. Um, but I really like that first book, and I
0: love his movie. And that, that the main character... I don't know if it was John or the other guy. It's n- right, the one it's that reminded other me other of, of McKeever. Oh um, yeah, yeah. He's so funny. I yeah. never see him in anything, but that character's great. So the not the that, guy that, from the guest. Is that it's been so long there's since the, I've seen him. There's it. the guy that plays the boyfriend in the guest that is the main
2: character in John Dies at the end. You're blowing my mind. But the main character in John Dies at the end is not John, which is the <laughs> Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. It's the uh, it's the one that's not John.
2: Yeah, so he's in the guest. He plays the the boy he plays Anna's boyfriend in the guest. But he you're right, he's not in a lot of stuff. He's also in Beyond the
0: Gates, which is like Dude, a really no weird fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's, that's him. him. He's yep. from the guest. He's great. He's, he's so great. funny. He's so funny in John dies the End. He's such a smart ass. He actually kinda rem- I, I rewatched Deadpool the other day. Oh yeah. He reminds me of Deadpool in that way where it's just like it's all about the timing and not the material. Yep. And it's all about the like, I'm just gonna say something catty because fuck you, suck yeah. my dick. I don't yeah. give a shit. And yeah. like that. Of course, Deadpool does it in his way, and this yes. guy does it yes. different. But that type of crassness is so funny to me, yeah. and it is so easy to do dead wrong yep. or in a way that's problematic. And he nailed it. Yeah, he, he has. I, I think, could have a hundred of those. I have
2: grown to think that he might have the funniest moment in the guest. I don't know if you remember this, but like one of the first times we spend, the first time we meet him, and it's one of the early scenes we spend with Anna. She's like out late at night on like a swing set in like a local park with him. And they're just like having a conversation. It's like her and her boyfriend just like talking. And he's like, so who is this guy? And she's like, I don't know. I guess he like knew my brother, but you know about my brother. Has, she has some vague line about like, you remember my brother or whatever. Uh, and I don't know now with the way our family is with him being gone, it just feels weird to me that this guy is here. It's like he's taking the place of my brother or something and he goes and that's when you had your revelation you were like taking the he literally like he takes a big hit off a bowl as she's saying that (laughs) he exhales and then with like a total blank stare like he just is like so high he just goes I don't know it seems kind of normal to me you know your kid dies you're lonely like he just like (laughs) He Literally, she's like trying to open up to him about her brother's death and He's how it's affected her family. Him. And he goes, I don't know, seems pretty normal to me.
0: That's amazing. I, I have to watch that it again. It's so funny. We're reaching the point where it's probably been about a year and a half since I watched The Guest. It's about time to rewatch The it's Guest. It's about time. Because like the last time I watched it was probably like the fifth time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I need to get it up to speed. It demands to be seen. It does demand to be seen. Uh, but I would love that. That's Don, very funny.
2: Cascoscoscorelli. Cascorelli. Cascorelli. To come Coscaleri. back and make those. I don't give a yeah, shit. I have no whatever. idea. <laughs> uh, but I would love to see make those sequels i really like john dies at the end i think that's a great movie and it's a really fun adaptation of that
0: book that is a fun movie yeah. yeah and that's that's one of those like i liked that book quite a bit yeah i think it probably worked better when it was serialized because yes. as a book like it, it, it was a little hard to, to grasp an arc yeah. on it yeah but which ultimately led to me reading it in pockets yeah but like that movie dissolves it down to an arc yeah and it also just has that great visual of reaching for a doorknob that turns, turns into, into, a into a penis that is yeah. the funniest it's fucking so thing i've funny. ever seen yeah and the oh, the, uh,
2: the monster man made out of frozen meats. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. That's like straight out of uh, Preacher. Yep. But uh, you know, with meats. Yep. I mean, with uh, it's alive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh. All right. So those are our horror sequel pitches. Uh, I'm gonna pitch something to you right now. Please. I don't me. get anywhere to be. We should watch Revenge. Oh, I'm into that. You wanna do that? Yeah. It's probably go. nice and short. Yeah. It's early. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it, guys. Yeah. We're gonna watch Revenge we're tonight. Watch Revenge. So you can do that too.
2: Yeah. yeah. you can. I think
0: it's on demand right now. Hmm. Yeah. Uh all right uh let's uh let's wrap this thing up. Yeah, so thank you once again to uh Phil Nobile Jr. I yes. can't believe it's pronounced that I, way. It's unbelievable. I, it blows my mind. Yep. You learn something new every day. Yep. Um so you guys should definitely check out fangoria.com Please. or fangoria.com depending on how you say it uh, yes. where you're from and uh definitely get a uh, get a subscription and if you got screwed by the last one or hosed hosed said, I love that. Yep. Uh, if you get hosed then uh, I believe you can uh, you can get a, a free one, no yeah, you questions. Get in asked. touch with them. Yep. So yeah, get in touch with them and do that. Of course, you can find I like to movie movie on all of your pod catching uh, apps yes. and devices. Is that the term? I think that's right. I'm trying to get hip with the kids yeah. the kids uh, lingo. Yeah, I was a jingo. That's not the right nope, word. That's Jingoistic very is a much bad the wrong thing. word. It's the wrong yeah. word <laughs> lingo. See, I can't even get that right. Uh, so we're I like to movie with the the numeric two on everything. Twitter,
2: Facebook, Gmail, everything. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Reach out to us um, right now. I was so inspired by what you had said and what the Blair brothers latched on to, because that is so true into what we want to do with our show. Oh, is let the listeners know what you mean. To lift up everything that we love, Yes, as opposed to shutting down everything that we hate. Yes. Find the things that we love, put them out there, lift them up, Sounds- speak good of them, find the voices that aren't heard, make them heard, find the things that are heard, make them heard more. Keep just... We want to share our love of film and all things film culture with you. And so in return, we need you to do that for us. Uh, That would be great. So do that for us, share what you love and we will share what you love. Yeah. We will, we will love what you love and we just want to kind of turn the cesspool of film Twitter and all of that stuff into a place where it's safe for everybody. It's inclusive for everybody and it is inspiring for anybody who wants to create. Yeah. Uh, we want to do that. We want you to help us do that. So whatever you want to hear, we're going to do. Yeah. So yeah. tell us.
2: Get in touch. Tell us. And uh, to Dan's We'd, point, like find us on iTunes and give us a rating. Leave us a review. Do. Those things help us. Anything you can do to make us more apparent, we're so appreciative of. Uh, and, and one of the things we genuinely love to do is, is make everybody else more apparent, too. Mm-hmm. I know it's like real cheesy old philosophy, but shine a light.
0: That's, you have to. It's yeah. the only way. Yep. It's the only way. And so in that in in the name of that yes um i invite you to check out our brothers and sisters in pod yes. with uh there's cinepunks you yeah. definitely want to follow those guys good dudes shame files pod you yes. know ryan and jill they've been on our, show, been on our show a hundred times we've been on that show a hundred times it's yep. great uh we recently had guests from movie john you can yes. subscribe to that another print magazine that's going around and They also have one. a uh, a web presence as well um what else is there volcano vinyl volcano vinyl uh, those guys are great and they're doing the stuff best. with music that is out of our understanding <laughs> yeah yeah so they're the i like to music music of yeah, this exactly you know, get and that if, in there
2: if you've never listened to them before we were on an
0: episode so yes. that's maybe
2: a great way for you to get into it look up the episode we were on and and, and check it out um uh so all of that stuff and yeah. then
0: of course me you can find me at dan scully on everything Letterboxed, uh twitter facebook all of that you can find uh my writing on synadelphia.com and findy.com uh, p-h-i-n-d-i-e um so yeah check those out also great things uh you can
2: find me on twitter at filmadelphia it's with an f i review every movie i watch on letterbox.com slash filmadelphia uh i write for synadelphia occasionally farsightedblog.com even less occasionally lately but i'm, I'm trying to get those splatter matters out there i'm gonna, still I'm got gonna finish that up they're in gonna do your it. pocket i'm gonna do it uh, it's my big 2018 goal is to finish nice. the series I started 12 months ago. That's a
0: big fucking series. <laughs> it is that takes a lot of personal concessions made <laughs> towards quality. Yes. So if you want to write not the same thing over and over again, yeah, you do need to. Spread I needed it a out. break. I needed and a break. And I like reading them, but yeah. I. I I wouldn't want to read them all back to back.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I'm going to get back to it, and they'll be great.
0: Because uh, eventually, I'm getting a Wizard of Gore, which is the thing I've been waiting to watch this uh, whole time. Yes. So you know, it's uh, I'm going to get there. Uh, we should do an episode in conjunction with well, that. That'd be cool, that'd actually. Be kind of fun. Yeah,
2: because that's like a, that is like his classic movie. I think, mm. as far as I understand I've i not it. seen it, and I'm not yeah. familiar with it. That's, but I'm not Yeah, seen exactly. It. Yeah. That's the title that I think everybody seems to know from mm-hmm. his uh, his, uh, his oeuvre. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, look us <laughs> up online, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know. Uh, scratch our backs, because we're, we're out there scratching yours all the time, and, and we're happy to do it. We're, we're excited Absolutely. to do it. Absolutely. Let yeah. us
0: know what you want us to talk about. We'll talk about it. We are looking for inspiration for the next few episodes. Yeah. Um, we have, I believe, two episodes from now yeah. is going to be our top ten of the year thus yes. far episode. So definitely come back for that. And there's been talk of potentially oh, yeah. doing the Final Destination movies. Yes. Um, we might do them like... I actually caught the end of four on TV the other day, yeah. and it reaffirmed my, my need inclination to, do it. to to do it yeah it's not great, but yeah. it's great. I think we're gonna like break it up into two episodes or something. Yeah, yeah. Do like
2: three movies and two movies, something like that. Um, uh, yeah. If and so I don't know. Hit us online and tell us if that sounds like a good idea. Something you want to hear? Yeah. If there's uh, something you want us to talk about, do it. If you yeah. want to be on the show, fuck yeah. Honestly, show, email us. Cool. We like uh, we've <laughs> literally us. had listeners on before. We will. Mm. So, uh, all right. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie
0: because we, we like, like to movie. Bo 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 bo